There went my uh, amen man. He says amen all the time. All right, John chapter 3 here this morning. Please come back tonight to hear about revival. We need revival. Here in John chapter 3, if you would, in honor of God's word, let's stand up one more time. And uh, Brother Catch said that his, the back of his back or leg is hurting. It looked like, it sounded like the sciatic nerve. And he said sometimes he has to stand up. I said, well, man, as you're sitting, you just stand up and, and start walking in the back back there. So if you see Brother Cat walking in the back back there, I said, maybe you just start running. <laughs> Never know, right? But anyway, so if that happens, you'll know what happened there. John chapter 3 and verse 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name this morning. We thank you for the very privilege of being your child. Thank you tonight, this morning, dear God, that you allow us to come back to the house of God. We realize this morning, dear God, that when we were lost, we didn't care about coming to church, and we didn't care about hearing God's word, and we didn't care about doing right. But this morning, Lord, I thank you that you have saved souls. You changed lives. God, you've given us the desire and the ability and capabilities to be here this morning. And we praise you for that. God, thank you for changing our lives and changing our hearts and changing our destinies and our eternities. God, we love you this morning and we ask you to do a work down deep in every heart and every soul. But especially of those who know not Christ. Those that are not born again. Those that have never been saved this morning, we pray that you speak to their heart directly. God, I pray that it would be pointedly, dear God. I believe it be sharply. I pray, dear God, that you reach down, dear God, and make them very uncomfortable and miserable. God, reveal to them, dear God, the sin and separation of God that they're in and the place, dear God, they'll find themselves. God, make it real this morning. Open the eyes and hearts of everyone that know not God. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We've been preaching through John. We ain't getting very far, very fast, I know. Uh, but we're going through like we ought to go through, I hope. And I just don't want to be one of those preachers that says, okay, we're going to hit the highlights. And, and then at the end of a two-week two week time, we say, okay, we went all the way through John. All, all 20 chapters, or all 21 chapters in, in two weeks. And, and I don't want to be that. I, I want to give you everything that God gives me. I want to pull out every nugget there is. I, I want to pull out everything and anything that, that has a meaning to us, that can help us, to help us understand. You say, well, Brother Larry, it seems like every Sunday morning you just preach salvation. And I do, and I do it on purpose. And because if anybody's ever going to come to church, it's usually Sunday morning. And we find that it's our job and our heart desire that souls will be saved. Amen. I also know that Christians need to have 
preaching to them as well in the way of encouragement and knowledge and understanding. And we should do that on a Sunday night and a Wednesday night and try to feed the souls of God's people. You need to be fed as well. And so that's kind of our aim, our goal, and what we do and how we do things. And we pray this morning, and even in the way of a salvation message, that we can find strength in that. I know that as I hear preaching, I, I am hungering, I'll be honest with you, I am thirsting, I am looking on the internet, I am trying to find preachers all over the place. I, I done got out of the Baptist realm and went into the Presbyterian realm and into the, any other realm there is that they preach the King James Version Bible to try to find somebody preaching on salvation. Trying to find somebody to find that they are telling people how to be saved. You don't hardly find that no more. And so we don't want to be part of that either. And so in John chapter 3, we find chapters uh, verse 17 through 20. But this whole chapter, chapter, John, chapter 3, is Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus. We see that in chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. You might turn back with me. And, and uh, this conversation is going on. And the reason why this conversation is taking place is because Nicodemus came to Jesus uh, there by night in verse 2. And uh, as Nicodemus, he believed in Jesus. He believed in Jesus because of the miracles. We see that there in verse 2. We find that Nicodemus, though, according to verse 3, needed to be born again. So what you're saying is, is Nicodemus believed in Jesus uh, that he was a teacher come from God. Yes, that's true. He also believed him as a man who had the power to bring forth miracles, and that's true as well. Uh, but Jesus said to him, you must be born again. And so when he said you must be born again, it's telling me that even though he believed Jesus, but he was not saved. He was needed to be born again. We find in verse 3, he says, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm going to preach on this morning how to perish, how to go to hell, how to be condemned. This is how you can do it. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ, this is how you can go to hell, how you can perish. And he said right there in verse 3, you must be born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You're going to perish. He says in verse 5, you must be born of water and of a spirit. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You're going to perish. And so that's the theme of chapter 3 as we see. He te Jesus tells him what must be done. He says you must be born of the water, that's of a woman. You must be born of the spirit, that's of God. In verse 7 he says you must be born again. In verse 14, then Jesus tells him the serpent that was lifted up that saved them during that period of time is the Son of Man. In verse 14, he says, Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And so now Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, I know you believe me, but you must be born again or you're going to perish. Now how are you going to get born again is this, is I'm on a, the serpent was on that pole as that serpent was lifted up. You'll find uh, that there was a deliverance there. So must the Son of Man must be lifted up on the cross of Calvary. And now all eyes are upon Jesus. For you see in verse 15 it says, That whosoever believeth in Him. Now who's Him? Him is the Son of Man that's on the cross. And so Jesus is pointing to Nicodemus and saying, Nicodemus, this is the one, this is how you get born again. Now Jesus begins to explain 
how he gets how he began, how you get born again. It starts with him, that's Jesus on the cross, and it ends with him, Jesus on the cross. Not only does he tell Nicodemus how to have everlasting life in verses 15 and 16, but he tells him how not to perish there in verse 15 and also in verse 16. And so he's now talking about the thought of not perishing. So if the thought of not perishing to Nicodemus is telling Nicodemus you're perishing and you're going, I'm telling you the answer of not perishing. And he goes on to say in verse, and, uh, in verse 15, Jesus says how not to perish. Verse 16, how not to perish. In verses 17 to 21, Jesus says how to perish. So verse 15 and 16, how not to perish. But verses 17 to, 17 to 21, he says how to perish. And he begins to tell and give this understanding and clarity to Nicodemus on how to perish. Now you say, well, let's look in verse 17 through 21. There's a word that is mentioned four times in these, verse, in these five verses, the word condemn. He says in verse 17 that for God sent not his son into the world to condemn. In verse 18, it says he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. In verse 19, and this is the condemnation. And so you see the context of the scripture, the mindset of Jesus speaking to Nicodemus who was a believer but was not one who was, had his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He just believed in Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, you have to be born again and I'm the focus of that. I'm the one, the tension of that. But I'm going to tell you, friend, how you're going to perish and this is how you're going to perish. And if you're lost this morning, if you're not saved this morning, you need to really listen to the message this morning with all your heart, with all that you've got within you, and you need to make a conclusion, you need to make, you need to make come to a place in your life and say, what am I going to do with these passages that Jesus has given to Nicodemus? He's also given to all of us. Some of us have believed and some of us have not. We find that the word condemn means to declare to be, re, uh, to be, to, to declare to be wrong or evil. That's what that word condemn means. To, pro to declare to be wrong or evil. It means to pronounce guilty. It also means to be convicted. It also means to be doomed and damned. It also means to be unfit, unprovable, unacceptable, and unallowed. And so that word condemn is a major word within these passages. Evidently, it's on the mind of Jesus towards Nicodemus. Now, why is it to the, toward Nicodemus? Because Nicodemus needs to be born again. That's why. And he told Nicodemus how not to perish, but now he's telling him how to perish. And I want to bring that to us this morning, how somebody could de get declared or pronounced condemned. Number one. I want you to know this this morning, how to perish is that you don't do nothing. You don't do anything. You're born, you live, you go on, and you do nothing. In verse 17, the Bible says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And so if I through Him might be saved, saved from what? 
Saved from perishing. That's from what? Saved from condemnation. That's what it is. And so Jesus is saying to him, listen, Nicodemus, listen, sinner friend, this morning, you know how you can perish and go to hell? Do nothing. This absolutely do nothing. You can go on just as you are. Uh, the Bible teaches in verse 17 that God did something for you, though. God sent his son. Amen. Amen. Now, you don't have to do nothing, but you've got to know that God did something. God sent his son, according to verse 17. He sent his son not to condemn. He sent his son in John chapter 12, verse 47, not to judge. He sent his son in Luke chapter 9, verse 56, not to destroy. And in your life this morning, Nicodemus and dear sinner friend, God has did something. And what he has done, he has sent his son. And he sent his son today, not to judge, not to destroy, nor condemn. I tell you secondly this morning that, that not only did God did something, but God Jesus did something. What did he do? Well, he did something the Bible says in verse 17, through the world, through him, might be saved. So he did something in order for the world to be saved. We find that what did he do? Well, he died, he was buried, and he resurrected. And friend, to deliver you from perishing. And that's why he died. And that's why he was buried. That's why he resurrected. But so that you will not perish. Number two, something else he did is his gospel was to, res to rescue you from perishing. That's why we have a gospel. That's why we have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That gospel will deliver you from perishing this morning. Thirdly, I notice that his sinless life and his finished work and his everlasting love was to preserve you. That all that Jesus is and all that Jesus did and how he lived and what he said and where he went and all the miracles he performed and all the goodness he had and all the love and the grace that he bestowed was for you Amen. so that you won't perish. I tell you the fifth thing that he did, his appearance after his resurrection to heal you. He not only died and not only did he resurrect, but before he ascended to heaven, he came about and showing everyone his hands, showing everyone his side, showing that he is alive. Why did he do that? So that you don't perish. We find here, for, fifthly, his ascension, his elevation to the throne was to protect you. He not only died and resurrected, but he ascended onto heaven. He sits on the right hand of the Father this morning, and he prays for you. He, can, he can comes unto the Father for you, and he did all that for you this morning. Can I say this? In order for you to die and go to hell and perish and be condemned this morning, do nothing. God did something. Jesus did something. And the Spirit of God did something as well. We find that God the Spirit, what He did, according to 1 Peter chapter, keep your hand there in John, you can turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, or 2 Peter chapter 1, and look in verse 20. This is what the Spirit of God did. He did it for you that you don't perish. He says in verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture, so we're talking about Scripture, is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but holy man of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost and, and so it was that what did the Holy Spirit do for you what did the Holy Spirit do for Nicodemus 
What has the Holy Spirit done for every lost individual in all the world? He gave you the Scriptures. Pray if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit of God, you wouldn't have no Scripture. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit of God, you wouldn't have no Bible telling you that you need to be born again. If it wasn't for the Word of God this morning that the Spirit of God has produced and brought forth, then you wouldn't know that you're even perishing. You'd be blind, you'd be dumb, you'd be deaf. And Fred, you'd fall into hell one day when you shut your eyes for the last time. And you would say, what happened to me? But you can't say that because the Spirit of God has given you a Bible. Giving you the Word of God to let you know uh, that you are perishing. He gave you understanding to know that you're condemned. Without the Scripture this morning, none of us understand we're condemned. None of us can know. Hey, friend, nobody would know. Just think this morning if we had a world without the Bible. If we had a people without the Scripture. If we had sinners without the truth. For we are all mis- men most miserable that have no hope. The Spirit of God has given us John chapter 3 and verse 17 to 21. Thank you, Lord so that we can look at it and see that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, that the world through him might be saved so that we don't have to perish. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We pray that he gave it that we might have knowledge to know that we don't have to perish. And friend, that's the word of God is so so blessed to us and so powerful for us. And, and today we are to look at it and say, thank you, God, for sending your son. Thank you, son, Jesus, for dying on the cross of my sin and rising and ascending and sitting on the right hand of the Father this morning. And thank you, Holy Ghost, that you gave. Now, how are you going to perish? You do nothing. You, you, just, you just hear what I just heard. You listen to what everybody else is saying. And you do nothing with it. Just let it be. You just go on about living your life. You enjoy the world you're in. You enjoy the people you're in. All you have to do this morning to perish is nothing. Don't do nothing. And you'll perish. Number two. Don't believe nothing. He says in verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. How do I go to hell? Don't do nothing. Don't believe nothing. Don't believe nothing. The word believe here isn't what Nicodemus did. Nicodemus was persuaded. That word there, it means what he did was persuasion. It's not what the devils do either. The devils are persuaded. It's not what Judas did either. Judas was persuaded that Jesus was the Messiah. It wasn't either what uh, many did. Look in chapter 2 and verse 23. Chapter 2 and verse 23 of John. It wasn't this belief either. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And he needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So these people believed Jesus, but they didn't put faith in Jesus. 
You see, this word believe here, it has everything to do with being born again. You see, that word believe there in that verse 18, but he that believeth on him is not condemned. That word believeth there, it means this morning, it means that you have, there's an act involved. There is a moving involved. There is a, an action involved, but it's a continuation. In other words, when you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's continuation. I have faith today. I got faith tomorrow. I got faith 10 years, 100 years. It's a continuation. And so if you say, well, I got faith in Jesus one day, you say, okay, I'm done with that, and you move on. That's not the word believe. Right. Belief is continuation. It never ends. It never quits. It never stops. It never ceases. It never gets old. It never gets stale. It's a belief that keeps on believing. Yeah. And we find that this Jesus is telling Nicodemus and every sinner in here, you just don't have faith one day. And then all of a sudden that faith goes. That's not what I'm talking about. So don't believe. And this is what I'm talking about. The word believe means trust. And so don't trust in the only begotten son. Don't do that. If you want to perish, don't trust. Now, you can believe in Jesus, but don't trust Jesus. Right. You can believe he did all that he said he did. You can believe that he died. You can believe he resurrected. You can believe he's coming back. And you can believe all the things about Jesus, but just don't trust in him. Don't believe in nothing. We find don't trust in Jesus. Don't trust in his life, that it was sinless and that he was born of a virgin. Don't trust in his words, that all his words were of, of, was life and of eternity. Don't trust in his works and all that he did in order for you to be saved. Don't trust in his, his blood, for his blood was the power unto salvation. And don't trust in his power, that he has power to make you a child of God. Don't trust in Jesus if you want to perish. Don't believe nothing. That word believe in the scripture, verse 18, not only means trust, but it means entrust. So don't entrust in the only begotten Son. In other words, don't entrust your soul to Him. Right. Don't take who you are, your emotions, your feelings, your appetites, uh, your will, uh, your desire. Mm. Don't take you and entrust it to Him. Right. Don't do that if you want to perish. Because anyone this morning who's going to perish don't believe nothing. Right. They will not entrust their soul to Christ. Right. That, word, that word entrust also talks about not entrusting your soul. But it means to give over your life. Right. So to believe in Jesus means to trust Him. But it also means to entrust Him with your life. Mm -hmm. Salvation, friend, is a life change. Salvation is a life give. Salvation is not just your actions and your words and your behaviors and your conduct. It's your whole life. Frey, I'm telling you, if you want to perish, believe nothing. Don't trust in him. Don't entrust your soul. Don't entrust your life. 
and don't entrust your very uh, eternity and don't, don't give him the responsibility of your eternity. What I'm talking about is this. If I die and go to hell, it will be God's fault because I have entrusted my soul into Jesus. I have given over my life unto Christ. And friend, my eternity does not set with my prayer. My eternity don't set with my behaviors. My eternity don't set in how I live and what I do. My eternity sets in Christ. But friend, those that are perishing will not entrust the responsibility of eternity. They're trying to work their way to heaven. They're trying to do it their way. They want to do it when they want to and how they want to. So friend, perishing, don't believe nothing. Don't entrust your soul. Don't entrust your life. Don't bring the responsibility of eternity on Christ. Don't give that over to Him. And then fourthly, that means that word entrust means I give custody of my heart to God. I give custody to, of my heart to God. That means entrust. That's like you take somebody who's your child and you say, I tell you what, I'm going to give you custody of this child. And that means that you're going to take over. You're going to be the ruler, the reigner, the authority of their lives. And how you get saved is this. It's when you entrust. That means that you will give over. That will means that you have responsibility unto him. That means this morning that you'll give custody of your heart to Jesus. Right. Amen. You see, salvation's an inner Spiritual, not physical or outer. So if you want to perish, don't believe nothing. Don't entrust. Don't trust. And then the last word that will describe the word believe here in verse 18 is the word commit. Don't commit to the only begotten Son. That word commit means to pledge. Don't pledge your heart. Don't pledge your heart. Uh, don't. That means to obligate your life. It means to devote your soul. It means to bind your salvation. So all that I'm saying this morning is this. If you want to perish, and this is how you are going to perish, not only you won't do nothing, but you won't believe nothing. And your belief will not be trusting in the only begotten Son, entrusting in the only begotten Son, and committing to the only begotten Son. Hope you see so far that it's more than a prayer. Hope you see so far that it's more than just some kind of evidence of a life. Hope you see this morning that salvation, true salvation, if you're going to be born again, uh, friend, it's a lot different than what the world is teaching, what churches are giving, and what people are saying and how they're living. Jesus has given the real truth unto Nicodemus and said, this is how you perish. You do nothing and you believe nothing. Number three. Don't change nothing. Verse 19 and 20. Don't change nothing. Don't do nothing. Don't believe nothing. But don't change nothing. Verse 19 says, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, that men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were e are evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. I got four things I want you to notice about don't change nothing. Now I'm talking about if you're going to perish, and this is how you can perish, is you don't change nothing. 
You continue in the love of darkness. You continue in the love of darkness according to verse 19. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. That means they love darkness, right? If you hate light, you love darkness. So just continue to love darkness. Now darkness this morning in that verse would mean self. Self. Love self. Just continue in loving you. Continue on bringing you to the forefront. Continue to do as you want to do. Continue to believe what you want to believe. Continue to to live like you want to live. Continue that you are number one and you're preeminent in all your life. Just continue that. Continue to love darkness. But not only does it mean darkness, it means self, but it means sin. Continue to love sin. Continue to have pleasure in sin. Continue to have fun in sin. Continue to have a good time in sin. Continue to allow sin to be in your life and run your life and demand your life and be part of your life. And sin is something you want to do, something you do do, and something you enjoy doing. Just continue. Continue to love sin. Love self. Then thirdly, it's society. Darkness is society. All the scriptures this morning, we could bring you out probably 20 scriptures about darkness and talks about the rulers of darkness. It talks about the people of darkness. It talks about the works of darkness. And we've got all kinds of principalities of darkness and and all that rules to the society, the world we live is darkness. Go ahead and continue to love darkness. Continue to love the world. Continue to love society, love its fashions, love its music, love its movies, love its stars, love its heroes. Continue to love the things that you can make, the things that you do, the things that you have, things of money. Keep on loving the money. Keep on loving the, the cars. Keep on loving the women. Keep on loving the men. Keep on loving all the world offers, its ideologies, its philosophies, its religions. Keep on loving what the world has brought to you and given to you, has brought to you up to date. Keep Keep on loving that darkness. Don't change nothing. You'll perish. Don't change nothing. Keep on. Continue in the love of darkness. Number two. Continue to hate light. That's what it says, doesn't it? Verse 19. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. So continue to hate light. Continue to hate the light of God's Word. Continue to hate it. Continue to hate the pure Word of God. Continue to hate what God thus saith the Lord. Continue to hate the preaching of God's Word. Continue to hate the teaching of God's Word. Continue to hate the, design, the, the devotions that goes on in your house. Continue to hate them. Continue to hate what the Word of God that is given by your mama and by your daddy. Continue to hate that. And friends, you'll find, sure enough, you'll perish. Right. Just keep on hating it. Don't change. Don't change. Keep on hating the light the light of God's Word. But keep on hating the light of the church. Because every one of us that are saved this morning is called the light of the world. Right? Well, keep on hating the church. Keep on hating the people of the church. 
Keep on hating the existence of the church. Uh, keep on hating not coming to church and not wanting to come to church and not wanting to be around God's people and what not wanting to be in the church house and you don't want to come to the house of God. Keep on hating it. Don't change. Don't change. Keep on hating the light of the church of God. Keep on hating the light of the word of God. Keep on hating the light of the son of God. Keep on hating it. You don't want to ever be told you're wrong. You don't want everybody to tell you about how bad you are. You don't want nobody to tell you how to live. You don't want nobody to tell you when you are wrong. You can't take criticism. You can't take correction. Uh, you can't take anybody telling you how bad you are, how wrong you are. Right. You're going to perish. That's right. That's right. Don't change nothing. Don't change nothing. Hate, light, Love, darkness. Am I not preaching the Word of God? Is that not what it says? We find thirdly, continue to do evil. The Bible says in verse 20, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Just continue to do evil. To do wrong, keep on doing wrong. Don't change. To do wicked, keep on doing wicked. Keep on doing worldly. That's what evil is. We live in a present evil world. Doesn't it teach that in Titus chapter 1 verse 2? Doesn't it teach us in John, 1 John chapter 5 verse 17 that the whole world lieth in wickedness? Yeah, yeah. So continue, continue doing evil. Don't change. Just keep on doing that. You'll perish. You will. We find here, fourthly, to not only continue to hate light and continue to love darkness and continue to do evil, but continue to flee the light. He says in verse 20, neither cometh to the light. That means you flee the light. That means when you hear God's word, you flee from it. You don't come to it. When you hear the scriptures from mom and dad or from friends and others, you run from it. Whenever somebody's trying to give you advice, trying to counsel thee, trying to help thee in your life, trying to bring you to a better person, trying to bring you to a place where you need to be as a young man or as a young woman or a wise man or a wise woman, you just run from it. Don't change it, nothing. Don't change. You'll perish that way. Don't change with anything that is given. Keep on fleeing from the light. You won't come to Jesus because you're fleeing from the light. You won't receive Jesus because you're fleeing from the light. And you won't yield to Jesus because you're fleeing from the light. Don't change. Listen, dear sinner friend, I'm as, I'm as serious as a heart attack. I'm trying to teach you how to perish. I'm trying to show you in the Bible how to die and go to hell. I'm trying to show you with all my heart, with all I got within me, that how to be condemned and be cast into the lake of fire for all of eternity. Please listen. Don't do nothing. Well, I'm preaching today. Don't do nothing with it. Don't Believe nothing. Please. And then thirdly, don't change nothing. 
stay as you are. I'm just trying to help you. And I got one more this morning. So all you have to do to perish this morning is nothing. <laughs> That's pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, God, God made it pretty simple how to go to hell. Just do nothing. Lastly today, verse 21, I want to preach this morning, don't be nothing. Don't be nothing. Verse 21 says, But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest. They are wrought in God. Listen, don't be nothing. What do you mean? Well, don't be a doer of the truth. Don't be that guy. Don't be one uh, that is a person that does truth. Don't do truth. Don't be that guy. Don't be that individual. That word doeth there, where it talks about doeth truth, it means habitually doing right. The word doeth there, it means habitually doing right. Hey, if you're going to perish this morning, dear sinner friend, then don't habitually do right. Don't be that person. Habitually do wrong. That's the person you need to be in perishing. So don't be nothing. Don't be what? Don't be the doer of the truth. Don't be that guy. Don't habitually do right. It also means that word doeth there, it means to repeatedly do right. Repeatedly do right. That word doeth means practicing doing truth. I mean, my life, when you see me at home, I'm doing truth, I'm doing right, and I, I'm trying to be obedient, and I want to be faithful to God. And so uh, that means doing right, right? <laughs> that means doing truth. Right. Don't be that guy. Perishing. This is how you perish. Don't do what the Word of Truth declares. Don't do what this Bible teaches. Don't do what the Spirit of truth gives you. If the Spirit of God this morning is convicting you, the Spirit of God is telling you, the Spirit of God is persuading you, the Spirit of God is, is requesting you, calling you, drawing you, say no! No! That's how you perish. Don't. Don't listen to the spirit of truth. Don't listen to the word of truth. And don't listen to the God of truth. Uh -uh. I'm telling you, I'm trying to tell you how to perish this morning. How to go to hell. Don't do what the God of truth demands. Don't do it. Number two, don't be that person who does Jesus. Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. Number two, don't be a believer of light. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy, believer of light. The Bible says in verse 20, he that doeth truth, don't be that guy, cometh to the light. Don't be the believer of light. 
That word there in the way of coming means this this morning. It means that they side with the word of God. In other words, whenever you're put up in a test, in other words, you hear the preaching of God's word, hear the word of God is proclaimed and, and pronounced to you, now you've got to make a choice, now I've got to make a decision. Am I going to side with that? Am I going to agree with that? Am I going to embrace that? Or am I going to say, no, I'm not going to side nor embrace or agree with that. I'm not going to have that. You've got to make a decision this morning. And if you're going to perish, then you're not going to believe the light. So don't be that guy believing the light. The word cometh means side. The word cometh also means this morning side, but it also means to embrace the Son of God. As the preacher saying this morning, you've got to come to the place that you don't, are not persuaded of Jesus, but you've got to come to the place where you entrust Jesus. You trust Jesus. You commit to Jesus. Now you've got to make a decision, dear sinner friend. Perishing will say, I'm not going to embrace that. I'm not going to embrace Jesus. I'm not going to engage in Jesus. I'm, I'm not going to accompany Jesus. I'm not going to be part of Jesus. I'm not going to side with Jesus. I'm not going to have Jesus as the Lord and ruler of my heart. I'm not going to be with Him. That's how you perish. That's how you perish. According to Scripture, cometh to the light, but you won't believe in the light. And that's how you perish. We find this morning, don't be that person who is in the light of Jesus. Amen. Don't be that person. How do, I, how do I perish? Don't be nothing. Thirdly, don't be a revealer of you. Look there in verse 21. That his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. In other words, don't be a reviler of you. Don't be that person. Don't be that individual that brings revelation who you are. In other words, keep yourselves hid. Keep yourself hid. Keep your sins secret. I'm trying to help you how to perish. Keep your soul unknown. Keep your soul unknown to all. Some people say, I wonder if they're saved or not. I wonder if they are saved. I, I wonder what sins. Keep all that secret. Keep yourself hidden. Don't let nobody know about you. That's what we're saying. Don't be that person that reveals yourself. Verse 20, the Bible says, the deeds should be reproved, lest his deeds should be reproved. You see, the reason why that you're secret and you hide and the reason why that you keep your soul unknown this morning is because you don't want your works discovered. That's what it says. That word, that word reproved means discovered. Lest his deeds, that's what he does, should be reproved. The word reproved means discovered and you don't want to be discovered. Yeah. 
You don't want nobody to know how wicked you really are. They will, you don't want nobody to know all the sinful sinfulness you're doing. Uh, you don't want nobody to know what runs through your mind at night and what your imaginations are and what you really want in life. You want to keep yourself secret because your deeds will be reproved if you come to him. Wickedness will be known. The very will will be detected. That's why you don't want to come to Jesus. Don't be that guy that reveals yourself because your deeds are going to have to be reproved. Number two, verse 21. Don't be a, revi- don't be a revealer of you. Your deeds may be made known or may manifest. Verse 21. That word manifest means become clear. You see, because as a sinner, when you come down to the Lord, you now begin to confess who you really are. But because your deeds will be manifested, you don't come. Because you you don't want it to be clear. You don't want it to be clean. You want to stay filthy and unknown and dirty and a mystery. You want people to wonder. You want people to continue to just sort of like, we, I don't know, is he saved? Is he not saved? Why don't he get saved? What's wrong with being saved? Why don't everybody want to be saved? Why does people want to perish and you like it? Because your deeds will be manifested. They'll become clear. They become plain. They become evidence. Thirdly, the deeds are made known. Verse 21, he says, they are wrought in God. Now what does that mean? That means when somebody who comes to know God, you'll find that they will come to the light. And they will also not only come to the light, but verse 21 tells it very clear that they'll do truth. But in their lives, you will see God working in their lives. You'll see God wrought. That word wrought means the working of God. And so he's telling us in verse 21, these are the people that are saved, that the work of God is in their life. But friend, those who are perishing today, the work of God is not in their life. And you can tell. And you sinner friend that's in this room, you know that God's not working in your life. You know that God is not the preeminent of your life. You know that this morning that Jesus is not the love of your life. You see, these perishing deeds are not what God wants them to do. How you're living and what you're believing and where you're going is not what God wants for you. You know what God wants for you, dear sinner friend? God wants you to be saved. God wants you to be serving. God wants you to be submitted. God wants you to be surrendering. And God wants you to be sacrificing. That's what God wants. Be not that person who walks with God. Don't be that guy. Perishing. All you have to do to perish this morning is nothing. 
Do nothing. Believe nothing. Change nothing. Be nothing. Now, if you leave this morning just like you came in, I hope that this message that I just preached, that you don't think about it, that you don't consider it, that you don't remember it, and that you don't talk about it. Go ahead and perish against God's will. He says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not willing that you perish, but that you all should come to repentance. It's up to you, dear sinner friend, now. Jesus told Nicodemus, this is how you perish, Nicodemus. And this morning the Word of God has told us, this is how you perish. Do nothing. Believe nothing. Change nothing. Be nothing. And for sure, you'll wake up after you close your eyes in death. And in hell, we lift up your eyes, being in torment. You choose this morning. Of not perishing, of perishing. But brother, how can I not perish? Verse 15, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. You want me to do, brother? I want you to get saved. Born again. How did I do that? In trusting Jesus in my soul. Trusting Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And committing my life, my heart, my soul unto Him. You can do that this morning. Turn from your sins and trust Christ this morning. You don't have to perish. But you will. By doing nothing. Believing nothing. Changing nothing. And being nothing. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. What a scripture, huh? Man, what a powerful message that Jesus gave to Nicodemus. God is willing, if you're willing. The Son of God is willing, if you're willing. The Spirit of God is willing, if you're willing. This church is willing, if you're willing. This pastor is willing, if you're willing. The only person in this room that's not willing to be saved is you. God did something. Jesus did something. The Spirit of God did something. What are you going to do? Do nothing. Believe nothing. Change nothing. Be nothing. And you'll surely perish. What are you going to do this morning? Christians are praying. Praying for the lost that are perishing. You sing, Brother George. I beg you, dear sinner friend, come. Come to Jesus. Come. Come to Jesus this morning. Come to Jesus this morning. Please. Please. Stop it. Please.
Would you come? Would you come? If you don't come today, I'll pray God will call you again. No guarantee, though. If you don't come today, I'll pray that the Lord will draw you unto Him. No guarantee. Would you come? Please, Lord. Oh, God. Bring conviction upon those that are perishing. Please. We beg you, Lord. May your spirit blow upon them. May the wind of God come by their way. Yes, Lord. Help us, Lord. Blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. Glory to your name. Amen. God bless you, church. Appreciate you being here this morning, every one of you. Thank you so much. Let's be dismissed. I see you back at 2 uh, if y'all are going to partake in this uh, celebration. If not, we understand. We love you anyway. Uh, but if you can come back at 2 to 4, we'll enjoy that time with you as well. But, Char- but Charlie, will you dismiss sure. us here this morning? Oh, where's your